0: sua e
1: And then, um, um, I'm looking for it here, I know it's on here, uh, Kenny Baldwin will also be with us uh, during the week, and then the Lore family will be with us at the end of the week, so we got a great week coming up. One last thing I want to mention, uh, if you are interested in helping out in VBS, then now is the time to let us know, because it's coming up very very quickly and so you need to let us know. Also to advertise for it there's some flyers out there uh, that tell about it um, and it's uh Keepers of the Kingdom. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody this year so you don't want to miss out on that. August the 7th through the 11th Uh, and so there it is right there ages 5 and up. Also they have these little cards and you can get a pack of five cards and then you can just hand them out to your neighbors and friends and whoever and invite them with the little cards. So two ways to do that. So we really want to encourage you to uh, uh, be prepared and ready uh, for Bible school this year and let's invite folks uh, this year. It's open to everybody uh, and so we want to have a great, uh, great, great Bible school coming up. Amen? Amen? Bible school is the one of our uh, funnest times of the year. We always enjoy that. All right, uh, we're going to do something just a little bit different uh, and I'm before our first song and before we do anything else, I'm going to ask Barry to come around and he's going to lead us Uh, in our Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, and then he's going to open us up in prayer, and then we're going to have a congregation song, all right? Brother Barry, yeah, we put you in the middle just for that reason. Just jump right on over. If you can do it, I'd like to see that, wouldn't you? (laughs) Well, well.
2: (laughs) yeah, I want to see that
1: for sure.
3: stand and face the flag. Thank you.
1: I pledge allegiance Allegiance to the flag of the the United States States of America America, and and to the Republic Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, God, indivisible, indivisible, with liberty and justice for
3: all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we bow, we thank you for this time of being in the house of prayer. God, we're so thankful for this nation, Lord. God, we just ask, Lord, just to be merciful to us, Lord. God, the many current events and national things that's taking place, it puts us in fear. But, God, we realize that you're in control of everything. But, God, we can always ask you to remove those things that are evil and bad. God, to restore, and that man and women, God, to look upon you, the creator of the world, Lord, and the son that you gave that we could have life through your name, the Lord Jesus Christ. God, would just ask the Lord for the service of today. The then we give you honor and glory and praise. And Lord, if there's one here today that don't know you personally as their personal Savior, Lord, God would be the day of salvation for them, yes. that we might rejoice with them also. Lead us and guide us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you all my love, stay standing. Amen. Page
4: 112. Page
5: 112. You may need that later. Uh.
1: to make an executive decision here we got a good crowd today praise the lord for that uh, but we also have a lot of people that are away uh, because of the fact that it's the 4th of july weekend uh, and so what we're what we're going to do uh, is we're going to postpone our building fund offering by one week now if you came and you're prepared to give your building fund offering you already made the checkout or whatever uh then uh, you know that there is a uh, there's a donation box uh, right uh, on the table out there. You just make sure that it's marked uh, for building fun and then on your way out, you can drop it in that donation box and we will make sure that it gets uh, included with the, uh, uh, with the offering that we will do next week, uh, but it will also be included with the, um, with the building fun offering and we'll do that that way. Uh, so we're gonna ask our ushers to come for our regular Sunday morning tithes and offerings uh, and you give as the Lord directs, and I know he'll bless you for it. And then next week we'll have the special offering uh, for, uh, for the building fund. All right. So, Ronnie, I think you got the biggest flags. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, so we got uh, all the ones with the flag. no I think you got the biggest flag that, <laughs> his covers his whole shirt so that's pretty good but I want to ask Ronnie if he would to ask God's blessing on the offering
3: Gracious, Heavenly Father. thank you for this day God and thank you for blessing this church thank you for yes, meeting yes. with us Lord each Sunday we praise you for the spirit God and thank you for those who sang and thank you for uh, the preaching thank you for Pastor Gary we pray the message we'll Revive us, God, and somebody here, Lord, that's lost, that they would come and get saved. Thank you for the offering. Bless this offering and bless this day in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen.
4: 185. 185. Everybody stay. 4th coming up here, um, I've just been, I've had this thought, been thinking about this, back in the day, I don't know if they still do it or not, but on the History Channel, coming up, coming up on the 4th, they'd always have like this, uh, it would it would go the whole day of the 4th, and it'd be like a multi-series documentary of um, of just the time back then, what, uh, the, the Revolutionary War, and, and the settlement, and everything that kind of transpired up to... <laughs> Having this great country and uh, and, and it, for years it was on and and i was I'd watched bits and pieces of it and I was always fascinated by the by the vision that the forefathers had of a country where we could live in freedom and and the commitment and the faithfulness that they had to the cause to see that through, even if it meant death even if it meant their life and uh, knowing that they they could very well not even experience the joys of living in a free country but for the sake of their kids and their kids and generations and generations to them it was worth the fight to have this freedom this land that we can live in to where we could be free and. I'm thankful to live in the United States of America I don't know about any of you <laughs> I know I, I know it's got its problems and we got uh, some things going on but hey at this point in time there's nowhere I'd rather live than right here in the good old US of a having the freedom to be here on a Sunday morning to worship with you all to worship our Savior hey. That's what it's all about, and I'm thankful yeah. for that, for the opportunity to live in this country, and for what they did so many, many years ago in laying down their life for a cause uh, that was greater than them. And then I think about what Jesus did, and the vision that He had that, that, that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance, and, and the commitment and the faithfulness that He had to the will of the Father, to see his work done and he laid his life down and he fought the battle to, against the devil against hell against the grave and he came up victorious yes. yeah. and I'm so thankful that because of that that I can live in freedom right yeah. now, yeah. freedom yeah. in a country that we live in, freedom from my sins, freedom from the bondage of sin and death, freedom From the grip that Satan once had. And boy, did he have a death grip on me at one point. He had a death grip on you. He may have a death grip on you right now. But there's news, there's good news that we can share with you today is that one day Jesus laid down his life and there was a divine exchange. I've been thinking about this song. Ever since, that's all been running through my mind. The exchange that Jesus made, His life for ours, we should worship Him today. It causes me to want to worship Him. It causes me to want to live for Him. It causes me to want to give my life for the kingdom of God and for the cause of Christ. Let's worship Him today. Thank Him for that divine exchange and that He suffered a death that we no longer have to suffer. And if you don't know Him today, today is the day that you can discover All about that divine exchange and the love that he had for you. Divine exchange.
6: to say something, and I'm going to have to say it because, you know, the Lord and I had an agreement a while ago that I wasn't going to be satisfied with just having washed down normal punch your time clock church. And what I mean by that is I can't control anybody else except for my personal walk And how I'm gonna take the service so he started because I'll stand up here all the time and I'll stare out across the audience and it doesn't matter what church you're in it seems like half are ready to worship and half are ready just to get out because they've already punched the time clock so what's the point of staying but I got convicted this morning because even though I made that agreement with the Lord I wasn't really feeling it this morning. You know, and it's, it's the flesh digging in, saying, you're tired. It's a 4th of July service. It's just everybody's wanting to go and have food and have a picnic and just, oh, no church tonight, and let's just go and enjoy the time, enjoy the kids and everything. It's just, but we just got done singing about a divine exchange and why it specifically is a divine exchange, because it's divine, we have nothing to give back. We have, we don't deserve it. So I don't understand, and this is why I felt so convicted and I had to say something, because I know someone like me has walked into this church house this morning, just because it's what we're told to do and what we're supposed to do, and it makes us feel good because we came into church, But man, we're missing the point this morning. The reason we come into this church house is because we spent the entire week walking with the Lord hand in hand, and he's brought us through some things this week. He's brought us through some struggles. He's brought us through some trials. He's brought us through some stuff to where our personal walk has gotten tighter and greater. And man, we just wanna come into a church house, what Sunday morning is all about, to come in with fellow believers, where all of us have been walking side by side, hand in hand with the Lord, hopefully this week, that we are ready to worship him for what he has done and to lift our voices and to lift our hands and to praise him for what he has done. Man, I'm convicted this morning because I walked in with the wrong attitude. And I can't just sit here when the Lord convicts me and he says to say something because somebody else has walked through those doors just like you did this morning and you're losing the point and you're missing the point. Man, we're about to sing about how God really loves us. And I love how the course hits because it is a miracle to think no matter how dirty and nasty my soul was, no matter how dark the place was in my life, That God actually really loves me. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a love because it's half heartedly thrown out there that word. I'm not talking about a love that you have for your wife or your husband. I'm not talking about a love that you have for your kids, which goes so deep. I'm talking about an unadulterated love that no matter how nasty and what I do in my life and no matter how many times I screw up and no matter how many times we all screw up, the fact that God can actually look at us with love is a miracle in itself. But to take that love and to go the extra mile about what we just sang about, the fact that he wanted to go on the cross and bear my sin, not the sin that I did in the past, not just... Just that sin, the sin that I'm going to do tomorrow, the sin that I'm going to do later today, and not only just me. Every, We have a reason to worship this morning, and I can't control you. I can't control anybody else in this choir, but all I can ask is that if the Lord is nudging on you to respond, whether that is to take a hand and go down to the altar and take a burden, or whether it is just to lift your hand in praise, or we, we, on, we only have this short time to worship. No, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to keep on worshiping. And I'm going to go tomorrow, and I'm going to keep on worshiping. But, man, we come into this place only a few times a week to come together and lift our voices and praise Him. Let's praise Him this morning. than a
7: brother
6: there is no judgment oh how he loves me I've got a friend and he is my strength
7: he is my porch.
6: he's with me in the valley he's with me in the fire he's with me in the storm enough
5: It gets hard to see, but be bold and courageous and just follow where he leads, Cause greater is the one who's in us than he who's in the world. So child of God, just remember
1: All right, so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today and uh, it's always great for me to be here on a Sunday morning. And, uh, and especially when, uh, when, you know, the Lord's here, you know, the Lord met with us already. And uh, it's been a, bl- a blessing just to be a part uh, of the family of God and be a part of the worship and uh, appreciate the choir and all their great singing and sweet, sweet spirit moving among us. And I'll tell you, don't ever take it for granted. Uh, there's a lot of churches that uh, uh, been a long long time since they had a wind of the Spirit move in like we had this morning and uh, so we ought not to ever take it for granted. I want to do something a little different this morning knowing that it was um, that Tuesday is 4th uh, of July Independence Day. Uh, I, I, I thought of some ways in, in which I might bring that about you know and talk about it. I've preached on most of the traditional sermons that we preach on uh, you know, Independence Weekend many, many times already, uh, and even mentioned a couple of them this morning at the opening of the service. But today I want to do something different. I want to go to the little book of Philemon. Now, if you're wondering, it's, it's, it, it, it is a little book. Uh, it's only 25 verses, and it is right before the book of Hebrews. Uh, it's, one of, uh, Paul, it's one of the Pauline epistles, Uh, which means that it's one of the letters that Paul wrote. uh, And uh, you can find it uh, tucked in there uh, right before the book of Hebrews. Uh, And uh, so turn to the book of Philemon. Uh, There's only one chapter, so you don't have to worry about which chapter we're going to be in. But we are going to read a collection of verses. We're not going to just uh, read three or four verses through, we're going, to read, uh, we're going to read the first verse, then we're going to read verse 9 and 10, and then we're going to read verse 17 and 18. So we'll read verse 1, then we're going to ver, uh, read verse 9 and 10, actually 10 and 11, I'm sorry, uh, 10 and 11, and then verses 17 and 18. Uh, 1, 10 and 11, 17 and 18. So if you found that passage of Scripture, if you'll stand with us in honor of the reading of the Word of God this morning. Uh, And the Bible says, Paul writing says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. And then in verse 10, he says, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me and verse number 17 and 18 if thou count me if thou count me therefore a partner receive him talking about onesimus as myself if he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on my account dear lord we pray you'd help us in the understanding of the word of god and uh, lord we just pray that we might uh, take a, a close look into this special book and uh, Lord, on this uh, Independence Weekend, Lord, we pray that we might take a few minutes and consider the freedom that we have and, uh, and draw from this passage of Scripture what great freedoms are afforded to us even today. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Now, Philemon is one of the most unique books in all of the New Testament. It is a very personal and unusual book. Uh, and I want to give you a little bit of the background for it uh, so that you'll understand. It is by far Paul's shortest letter. As a matter of fact, in, in Greek, it only has 335 words. Uh, it was written somewhere around 60 to 62 A.D., and it is one of the prison letters. In other words, it was written while Paul was imprisoned in Rome prior, just prior to his death. Uh, and so that gives us a little bit of the background of this book. But what makes this book really unusual is the fact that it's not written to a specific church necessarily. It's written specifically to an individual, and of course, the individual that he's writing to is Philemon. And Philemon that he's writing to, uh, and we're going to talk about him in just a minute, but Philemon, who he's writing to, Paul knows him, and, and he has something very, very personal that he wants to deal with concerning himself and Philemon. You might all you might almost look at this and say that this was a personal letter. And how in the world did such a personal letter wind up uh, in the New Testament for all of us uh, for two thousand years to be reading. How did that how did that come about? How did that come to be? And as we go through the letter, the the bits that we're going to look at this morning, I hope that it'll, be clarified to you as to why the Holy Spirit included the little book of Philemon uh, in our canon of Scripture and why it belongs here and why it's important uh, to not only to Paul and to the others that, he, that read it early on, but to all of us even today, even unto the coming of the Lord. So let's take a, qu- a quick look at the, this little book. Now that we've kind of established that, there is one thing I want to make mention uh, of b- before I get into this. We're going to look at three people in this book. Uh, and uh, you can probably guess who those three people are. Uh, but one of them in particular I want to spend a little, uh, a little time noting. Uh, because I think often when, we, when, when I've heard preaching, and I haven't heard a huge amount of preaching from the book of Philemon. And that stands to reason it's a very short book. Uh, and so you wouldn't expect someone to preach as many sermons out of Philemon as you would uh, out of the 66 books of Isaiah, uh, 66 chapters of Isaiah. So in Isaiah you got 66 chapters, thousands of words, and in Philemon you just got one chapter of 335 words. So you you would immediately think that there wouldn't be as many. But the messages that I have heard out of Philemon, they usually deal specifically with the, with the namesake of the book. Uh, they almost all talk sp- very specifically about Philemon. And we are going to talk about him today. He's one of the three people. But I think when we do that, sometimes we miss something that is also extremely important. And that is Onesimus. Uh, the, the, uh, he's kind of in the book and he's kind of the focus of, of what Paul is saying to Philemon and I'm hoping I'm losing you by now and you're trying to figure out where we're going. That's the whole idea. So, but, but, but Onesimus really has a vital, vital part and a vital role to speak to us personally and individually. So, we're gonna look at three people and the first one we're gonna look at is Philemon. Uh, I mean, the first one we're gonna look at is Paul and he says this, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ and Timothy, our brother. Now, this is a very interesting thing about the book of Philemon, okay? So uh, let, let's just draw this out. Uh, the very first verse, the way he starts it all, is Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother. You could read all of the verses, all 25 verses, and, I, uh, and I'm sure you will later, and I have over and over again, but you're not going to find any mention of Paul's apostleship in this book. He, he does, not one time does he mention it. In some of the books he mentions it, like for instance, in 1 Corinthians he mentions his apostleship over and over again. And in other books he talks about his apostleship. He talks about how he was called to be apostle. He talked about the fact that he's an apostle called out of due season and all the rest of this. But he never mentions it in the little book of Philemon. Not only that, he t- there's a number of things that he does not mention. He doesn't mention his apostleship. He doesn't mention any of his accomplishments. He doesn't talk about his travels or even mention his hardships. The only thing he says about himself is I'm a prisoner (laughs) he says Paul a prisoner of Jesus Christ now that is very interesting to me because what we're going to learn about Onesimus in a few minutes is going to help us see it but Paul is writing this letter very specifically about this person Onesimus and he's, he's, he's actually he's pleading with Philemon because he uses the word beseech. And the word beseech means to plead or to beg with someone, to plead their cause. And that is exactly what Paul does here. So there's no mention of all this, only a prisoner highlighting Paul's humility in this situation. And it is not a false humility, it is a genuine humility in this situation. He only mentions the fact that he's a prisoner. Then it's, co, it's a co-written book. Notice what he says. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Now, this, is a, this is, teaches us two or three little things here that we can glean from it. First of all, we know that it's very late in Paul's life. Paul doesn't have much longer to live. As a matter of fact... Philemon could possibly be one of the last books, if not the last book, that Paul writes. Now, how do we know that? Well, we know that Because when Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, do you remember that? And he's in Rome and he's imprisoned. And he says for Timothy to come to him, please come to me. And you remember what he says? He said, do thy diligence to come before winter and bring the parchments. I need them. Please bring them to me. He's very interested that Timothy come to him before his execution and bring his parchments or his writings. The the things that... Timothy has, that Paul had dictated to him, he wants Timothy to bring that with him when he comes. Now in this passage of Scripture, in the book of Philemon, Timothy is already in Rome. So he's not only has he received the letter... But he's received the letter, he's gathered the parchments, and he's made his journey to Rome. And now he is there with Paul to help him write this letter. I personally believe uh, we know uh, from several extra biblical as well as numerous biblical uh, references that Paul had very, very poor eyesight, and the older he got, the worse it got. And we all agree on that. Uh, I just had to get new glasses this week. Nobody is surprised after I broke them last week. Uh, and uh, so my eyes are not getting any better. When I went to the eye doctor, she didn't say, Oh, your eyes are a lot better this time. No, she did not say that. Uh, the, our eyes don't get better. So Paul is very late in life. And I believe that, that Timothy was there to receive his dictation. Paul, is, he wants him to write. This letter for him, even though it's a short letter, he still has got Timothy writing it for him. So we're learning a little bit about the whole idea. It's late in his imprisonment. In Second Timothy chapter four, we have him requesting that Timothy come to him, uh, and now he is here and he's writing. So this is what we want to think about concerning Paul at this moment. He is a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He is using Timothy to be his helper, and now he is writing specifically to Philemon. And that's what he says. Verse 1, the last part of it, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Speaking about fellow laborer with Paul and perhaps even with Timothy as well. Now that's an interesting thing too, because the word fellow laborer is not used a whole lot by Paul. Uh, It's a term that he did not use lightly. It It would have revealed that not only did he know who Philemon was, but he had a close working relationship with Philemon at one point or another, or he would not have called him his fellow laborer. Some of the few other people that were called his fellow laborers were people like the Apostle Luke. You remember Luke, the beloved physician that traveled with Paul for so much of the time, he called him his fellow laborer. And so he's calling uh, Philemon his fellow laborer. And not only that, but he says, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. So he's, he's evidently close. How is it that he became close with Philemon? Well, uh, for for a number of years, for at least two years, I believe it might have been closer to three years, Paul was in the city of Ephesus. And when he was in the city of Ephesus, he was establishing a church there. And while he was there, Philemon, who was a man of Colossae, a city very, very close to Ephesus. Uh, I mean, you would, have, you would have been able to go back and forth between Ephesus and Colossae if you wanted to, even on a daily basis. It was a very close uh, proximity uh, to the city uh, that, that Paul served in for well over two years there uh, in Ephesus. And it was during that time, I believe, that Paul led uh, Philemon to the Lord and instructed him and taught him. As a matter of fact, it's very probable that Philemon was the pastor of the church at Colossae. Uh, You you can take your time and read the, it seems to even indicate that in the book of Philemon itself. But we have every reason to believe uh, that Philemon was the uh, pastor of the church there at Colossae. And he would have received direct instruction. Uh, Somebody would have discipled him and prepared him for the ministry. And it seems very evident that Paul is the man who did that. So he's close to Philemon. Now, I know I'm taking a little bit of extra time kind of laying this background, but when we get to Onesimus, all of this will kind of play into it. Now, let's take a look at Onesimus, and we'll take just a few more minutes, and we'll be done. Let's take a look at him. Look at Philemon, verse number 10 and 11. He's writing to Philemon, and he says this, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus... Whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. So he's writing to him about this man Onesimus. Let me give you a few things that you need to know about Onesimus so you'll understand it. First of all, he is the focus of the letter. So I know that most of the time we talk about either Paul or Philemon when we're looking at this book. And you know, there's a big, uh, there's a phrase in here that he uses. We read it in verse number 18. He says, talking about Onesimus, if he wronged thee or oweth thee ought, put that on mine account. I've heard many, many sermons uh, on put that on my account. Uh, And uh, and it's very moving. It is. Uh, But it centers our attention on Paul more than it centers our attention on Onesimus. And I want us to think about him this morning. And the reason I want us to think about him this morning is because Onesimus was a slave. He was a slave who belonged to Philemon. Now, however you want to view that, uh, I've heard people recently talk about we shouldn't discuss the slaves of the Bible. Well, they're in the Bible. Amen? I'm going, I am going... To preach the Bible okay so if he talks about slaves in the Bible then I'm going to talk about slaves as they appear in the Bible if that offends you then the Bible offends you amen and and if the Bible offends you guess what well that's what Michael always says isn't it Michael you ever notice that guess what so uh, I don't I don't want to start picking up his habits I got enough of my own but I I do want to I do want you uh, to uh, to think about this uh, as, as we go along now, I've totally lost my train of thought because I was thinking about how Michael always says, guess what? Uh, but I'll come back to it in a minute. But as we look at Onesimus, we're noticing something about him because he was a slave. And as a slave, he was in bondage to another man, Philemon. And whether you like it or not, If the Bible offends you, that's the Bible's fault, not mine, and we ought not to take offense at the Scripture. Amen? We ought ought not. And so we're we're talking about a man who was a slave. That's what I was going to say. I remembered it. So now we're talking about Onesimus, who was a slave, and he belonged to Philemon, but he wasn't a very good slave because he ran away. He up and left. (laughs) He just took off. Now, I'm going to make an educated guess here, okay? I'm going to give a hypothesis. So I know that Paul and Philemon were close friends. I know that Philemon uh, is the pastor of the church at Colossae. I know that Paul probably was the one who discipled him and prepared him to be the pastor of the church. And I know that Paul has been gone for a long time. He's been in Rome a long time now because he is reaching the end of his life and Timothy is already there with him, Hey, So I know all these things, so I'm going to make an educated guess. I am going to guess that Paul knew Onesimus before he saw him in Rome. I have a feeling that as a slave working, uh, for, uh, working for Philemon, that at some point in his relationship during that two and a half to three years that he was there in Ephesus, I, I just can't imagine it not being so, that somewhere along the line he would have been able to know who Onesimus was. And now Onesimus has up and run off, and he's left The slave owner that he was working for, uh, belonged to, and he made his way to Rome. And now that he's in Rome, somehow or another, now think about this, somehow or another, he winds up with Paul. Now, let me remind you that Paul's imprisonment was different than most. Uh, Paul, when he uh, he was uh, imprisoned in Caesarea Marine... He was down in a dungeon, kept there. But when he got to Rome, the Bible said that he was imprisoned in a house. That's what the scripture says. He was imprisoned in a house. And the Bible also said that he was allowed to have visitors on a regular basis. So Paul was basically, he was on house arrest. You might say he was he was somewhere uh, in in a a home or a house somewhere that belonged to the prison ministry, uh, and he was part uh, of that home, and he couldn't leave, but he could receive visitors. And somehow or another, Onesimus winds up with Paul. Wow! He runs off from his slave owner, only to wind up. With his slave owner's teacher, and then his teacher leads Onesimus to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is exactly what he says. He says in verse number 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten in my bonds. In other words, Paul says, while I've been a prisoner... While I've been been a prisoner in uh, in jail or on house arrest, I had the opportunity to lead your slave, Onesimus, to a saving knowledge of Christ. I begot him in my bond. That's pretty amazing stuff when you think about it. Now, I'm gonna give another educated guess, and you can disagree with me all you want if you want to. It doesn't, because it's not specifically stated here. But I believe that Onesimus, when he got to Rome, I believe he looked for Paul. I don't think this is an accident, okay? I think Onesimus, when he got, uh, I, I believe, as a matter of fact, I personally believe Onesimus went to Rome to find Paul. I believe, uh, I believe he ran away from his, own, his slave owner, uh, Philemon, and I believe that after he ran away from his slave owner, he began to feel guilty about what he had done. Uh, and you say, well, why in the world would a, a slave feel guilty about what he had done Uh, well because paul has already instructed us that if you're if you're have a master if you're if you are, are in bondage to another man then you're supposed to serve them happily as unto the lord and apparently onesimus took this seriously and i believe that after a while he went to rome and he thought the person i need to see is paul and he went to paul's place of imprisonment, and he was born into the family of God. Onesimus and the teaching of Paul, there's not a lot of separation here. Uh, I believe he probably sought Paul out in Rome. And then after he was born again, he learned the lesson. Now listen to me carefully, because we're about to be done here, okay? Onesimus learned a lesson that a lot of people never have a clue about. Onesimus went to Paul, and Paul led him to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you know what? You know what Jesus said? He said, if I set you free, what does he say? You're free indeed. So I believe that Onesimus went to Paul, Paul led him to the Lord, and he said, you know what? I'm free. I've been a slave for a long time, but now I'm free. Onesimus was so free, this is amazing to me, he is so free in the salvation of Jesus Christ that when Paul said to him, Onesimus, you need to go back to Philemon and submit yourself to his authority. And Onesimus said, I'm ready. How do you know? Well, because he he went back. He went back. Paul is writing this letter and guess who delivers the letter to Philemon? Onesimus does. Not a, he carries the letter and puts it in Philemon's hand and said, here, Paul sent you a letter. Don't kill me yet. <laughs> Please read the letter first before you do anything. I don't, know, I don't know how I'd have felt about that, but can you imagine him being willing Let me tell you something, folks. If Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. You're free to go and respond to whatever calling God places on your life. I believe when Onesimus came back, I believe he presented the letter to Philemon. And I believe that Philemon read the letter and looked at Onesimus and said, You're not my slave anymore. You're my brother. Let's come work together in the ministry of Christ. And I believe they worked together until they went home to be with the Lord. I really do. Now it's not all clear in there. I know uh, some of that is a little speculation and we don't typically want to do that. But I can't imagine Philemon who was so close to Paul not receiving Onesimus the way Paul asked him to. And Paul said, I'm sending him back and he's going to be profitable to you. But not as a slave to be profitable. He's going to be profitable to you as a brother in Jesus Christ. Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. <laughs> you're free for eternity. Pretty amazing stuff. You see, we, we, we make a whole lot about Paul saying, well, if, if he owes you anything, put that on my account and, and, and I'll, I'll pay you when the time comes. And we put a lot of emphasis on, uh, on Philemon, who must have no doubt been a loving, kind individual to after his slave up and ran off and then he returns to receive him without killing him. If he'd have killed him, we wouldn't be reading this book. Amen. So we know that he didn't. But to me, in this story, with these three people that we're looking at, the most amazing transformation it's not took did not take place in paul did not take place in philemon it took place in onesimus onesimus was the one who had to say the lord has made me free to follow his will the lord has made me free to follow his will you see we let me tell you something we we're we're missing something these days in the United States. We really are. The United States, if you live in this country, I don't, I don't care where you live, e- even if it is California. <laughs> I don't recommend that, by the way. But anyway, I don't care where you live, you still have more individual freedom than anybody else on the planet. You, you do. As a matter of fact, you have so much individual freedom that sometimes, it makes people crazy, amen? Makes them, makes them nuts. And we got a lot of nutty people these days, amen? They're nuts. And, and I see these people and they're demanding this and demanding that and they, you know, and all this stuff and I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, man, I, I wouldn't stand on the same side of the street with that person. I mean, I'd be afraid to, to be in the same room with them, you know, but they've got their personal freedom. In China, you don't have that kind of personal freedom. And even though they did away in 2015 with the one-child policy, you still have to get permission to have more than one child, and the limit is still three. That would not go over very good in my neighborhood. But that's what they do. Can 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 you imagine having that kind of restriction on your life? The, the life that you're living, and, and, and I could go on and on and on, and it's not, it's not just the communist countries. It's not just North Korea. Yeah, it, let me tell you something. You don't have that kind of freedom in, uh, that, that we have in the United States. I, I lived in Great Britain for seven years, and I loved it. It was a great country, but we didn't have the kind of personal freedom that you have here. Not at all. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a quote-unquote free society. So sometimes we miss the real concept of freedom. I'm saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and he set me free. But he didn't set me free to be crazy. He set me free so that I would have the ability to follow his will. And Onesimus got saved and the will of God was for him to go back to Philemon and submit himself unto his authority and that is exactly what he did. I wonder how many of us really thought of our Christianity. Really thought about our freedom in Jesus is that the Lord has given me the freedom to follow His will. Whatever the Lord has for me, He's going to give me the strength and the ability and the wherewithal to follow His will in my life. That's what what He made you free for. He made you free so that you might be a witness to the work of, Of God's saving grace. Onesimus. He he is my favorite. Character in this story. For he was brave enough. Once his salvation was complete. Submit himself. To the will of God. One hundred. Dear Lord I thank you for the opportunity to bring the message. I pray you'd touch our hearts with it's truth today. And Lord as we consider this weekend and time that we consider the freedoms that we have in the United States. Lord, may we use our freedoms wisely. Lord, may we not squander them and waste them. Lord, I see so many people wasting their freedoms. Wasting their freedoms on the things of this world, the, the allurements that Satan puts out there, uh, and, and all the rest. Lord, may we be wise with our freedom. May we take the freedom that you have given us in the United States and use it for your good and for your glory and to lift up your name and to be the witness and the light to a lost and dying world that we ought to be. Lord, we know you're going to empower us. Lord, we know that you are going to make us capable of following your will. So, Lord, may we commit ourselves. Dear Lord, may we say, like Onesimus, Lord, you have saved me and set me free. Now, dear Lord, I'm going to follow your will. I'm free to do that that God would have me to do. We ask it in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen. Let's stand together. What shall we say? 37. 37. If the Lord is dealing with you, don't wait. Don't put it off. Would you come right now while we sing?
8: Why should I gain from his reach?